0: Hi, this is Greg Lamberson, and you are listening to Without Your Head. And I have a long history of film without heads. We have no head in Slime City, we have no head in Killer Rack, and we have no head in Johnny Gruesome's. Check out all those headless films. And we're live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by the returning Tyler Chayman. Sh- is that how you say the last Shaman. name? Yeah. <laughs> Writer and director of Not Another Monster Movie, which we just watched. Which is very fun.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a blast being here.
0: Yeah. So it was cool. Uh, I got to see the movie again, got to watch with people. And uh, I saw a lot of uh, Buffalo Dreams alumni.
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's always fun, especially seeing, like, Bill Brown and Mick O'Keefe on the big screen. You could always see them basically whenever a film is being shot in the area.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, which came first, actually? Did you start going to Buffalo Dreams before you were involved in in filmmaking, or were you involved in filmmaking and started going to Buffalo Dreams?
1: I was more involved in filmmaking – and then started going to buffalo dreams that um first i started out just kind of honestly just watching how people worked on behind the scenes like i used to watch the lord of the rings all the extended editions and the appendices and see how crew worked together and i'm like okay when you know instead of going to college i want to make movies so so yeah i um, found out there's a local film industry about 10 years ago and just kind of worked my way up From there, I started working with Adam Steigert and then just kind of broke off on my own for a bit and then started working with Greg Lamberson, and now here I am.
0: Yeah. I always bring that up. Um, When I go to uh, festivals, I like the ones that have a community feel like Buffalo does, um, one in Boston does. And so, you know, people think, oh, uh, you know, I'm far away from Buffalo or wherever. Uh, There's probably one that's not that far from you that you could go to, and there's probably a community there. Mm Mm-hmm. And also oh, yeah. most of the people I know who make movies uh, didn't go to film school. They learned, uh, like you said, watching uh, specials on DVDs or commentary tracks and then finding other people and, uh, you know, making movies with other people or at least being on set oh, yeah. of other things.
1: I joke with everybody that I didn't learn too much about sound before making this production. <laughs> but I have I have direly learned, especially from Greg Lamberson, that I invested a good chunk of money at sound in my next project. So it's... But uh, Little Green People, the next feature film comes out. You will see the money has been spent wisely.
0: <laughs> so was this your first feature?
1: Uh, this was my, I would say my fourth. Okay. The There's two of them, um, Alive the Undead, and then the sequel to that that came out. They're on YouTube for free to watch. And then we shot an action comedy called Agents that released for a bit and then just kind of faded away because I was looking towards this project, Not Another Monster Movie. And uh, yeah, I had a good, really good friendship still with Bright Spiata, who was one of the main characters for Agents, and then I knew I wanted to keep him on for Not Another Monster Movie. And then he talked his way into Little Green People. And then so on for our, our production
0: was coming after that. Oh, nice. So where did the... Uh, when did Not Another Monster Movie, when did like the idea come about?
1: Um, basically... This uh, We shot it in 2018 going into 2019. Um, I used to, I didn't have a car at the time, probably the year before, yeah, 2017. So I would borrow my grandmother's car and I would always pitch her movie ideas just to see, okay, like, because she's comedic. I just want to get like an older person's perspective on it. And I pitched like five different ideas and then all of a sudden she's like, "This this is it. This is the movie you have to make out of all the mistakes in my life, I had her support making this project kind of thing. So she, uh, she passed away back in 2017 and I was like, okay, like I really need to sit down and write this film. And that's what I did in her memory at the end. And uh, the little picture that Johnny holds up when he's in the car, that's uh, the photo of her that I keep in my wallet. So it was uh, a very memorable thing that we did. And yeah, I think that she would be proud of the project we made. Not the sound, but the video. But
0: <laughs> Was she a movie fan?
1: Uh, She she was. She was a huge Tom Hanks fan. But she uh she knew I was kind of starting out at the bottom and going up from there kind of thing. But she knew I, I had a good connection with the film industry and I, I got the help that I needed at the time. But just like I said, the sound was somewhat I didn't learn until... After Monster Movie,
0: <laughs> right? So she was supportive. How about the the rest of your family? Are they supportive about you? Oh yeah, movie making, filmmaking. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Anyone no autographs yet? In movies or any of the any other no. family was involved in your movies?
1: No, just me. Um, there was a Matthew Broderick film that shot in Buffalo a couple of years ago. They ended up using my grandfather's barn in Eden, but I can't even remember which movie that was.
0: You mentioned uh, Gregory Lamberson. Did, he, did yeah. he yell at you for the sound of the movie since you brought it up? Damn premiere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, uh, he said that I have a, quite a strong spot for comedy. And he's like, definitely work on the sound. And he's expecting everything better for me to come, which, like I said, I can't wait till Little Green People's out. And I'll really be able to show the world what I can do. Yeah.
0: Where did you premiere uh, Not Another Monster movie?
1: Uh, We showed it at the screening room cafe in North Buffalo. So the whole thing, like went back when we met, actually, it was, I was rushing editing on not another monster movie to get it to Buffalo dreams. And Greg knew like it's my computer at the time sucked and it was exporting and it took all day of the last day of submitting and literally uploaded to the, I think we use film freeway. It uploaded at 1201 right past the deadline and he's like shit because he knew i already took off for a week to be there as a filmmaker and help out And he's like well i need someone to drive around the international directors so i just committed to doing that of helping them out and still seeing the festival and everything and that was a blast even though like i know i missed out because i was speeding through an edit but it was just he knew it was technical issues but i still made the best of it and i i made so many connections just from that experience
0: um, I'm looking at some of the stuff you said in the chat. Uh, you mentioned that uh, being 90 when you shot the opener. So where where was that shot?
1: That was shot at Mark's girlfriend's house. And it was like that just around the city of Buffalo. And I don't think she had AC on at the time, but it was just so hot. And then the, the movie was made to like feel like it was Halloween, like October kind of thing. So a lot of the actors had to have like, two layers of clothes on because we also shot it like we shot it in august through october and then we have pickups in july and sadly that was the pickups kind of thing we already knew like okay oh we'll be fine it's indoors and then they're like oh it's boiling hot in here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the uh there's quite a wild blooper reel for this film i'll make sure i send a link for oh nice but yeah it was it was complete blast of film um paul mcginnis that you guys have seen in there he's in a whole bunch of buffalo stuff i uh he kind of he broke away from the script but with permission because i know with his comedic abilities he can really either save a scene or throw everybody off and it was a flip a coin so i'm glad he did good uh, my doctor's high <laughs> <laughs> but yeah overall it was it was such a great experience and it it was it was a like not only like professional but passion project, but it was just a bunch of film friends working together, just to see it through. And I'm I'm really glad everybody had a blast. But yeah, there was a, a stunt that Johnny did. He did not tell us ahead of time he was about to do that. Uh, when he uh, Mark comes in possessed and they knock Mark to the ground, and he decided to do the people's elbow on the ground. We did not know. We would have either told him no or we would have supplied padding there. But he went straight to the concrete. And it was improv on his hand, but I was like, "Shit!" Because we did not have insurance at the time.
0: <laughs> I heard. I saw. So I saw him in the chat say that he almost broke his elbow on the. Uh,
1: yep. In that move.
0: And but he, he, said, seen, yeah. he hadn't seen the finished movie before, so that was that was cool that he was that he uh, came Yeah.
1: Out. Oh yeah, he had back problems during our original run, and um, when we secured screening room to be the official premiere for it, they told us the tickets sold out about three weeks before the screening because of all the people Buffalo film wanted to come out and support and their friends and family. So they made us get two extra screenings just to handle that, which was great on both of my end of the theater's end of money coming in. But I just felt bad that, yeah, his back problems at the time prevented him from coming to the showings, but yeah, it's, it's awesome that he got to witness the film. From without your head for the live yeah. screening though, as, as one of the main actors, so that's awesome. Yeah.
0: how did he? How did he get involved in the movie? So
1: we, God, what was it? I'm trying to remember. Me and him, we met a long time ago. I think it was Buffalo or Para There's It's like a paranormal convention that they do in Buffalo every other year. Um, I have no clue if it's going to happen now because of the virus, COVID things of how that affected mm-hmm. everyone's with conventions. Um, We met there and and I was on a show for ghost hunting before just as a special guest as a filmmaker. And um, I think we just chatted sitting across from each other at tables. And then he wanted to be involved in the production he was doing at the time, but just came up with schedule issues. And we did the mass casting crew call for monster movie and he submitted. And I'm like, okay, we can make him look drunk and believable kind of thing as a, a lengthy guy like an actor portraying an actor kind of thing and uh it worked out pretty well I, I thought he did he was very believable acting drunk and sipping from the flask all the time i think we put apple juice in the flask yeah. a lot yeah. <laughs> maybe it was act-
0: i was gonna say maybe it was an acting but you said it was apple juice so
1: yep it, there might have been one day at towards the end that we might have put something else in but <laughs> Yeah, it was it was mainly apple juice, just because I wanted. If it ever spilled out, I wanted to see that kind of color, kind right. of thing.
0: Yeah. And now how about Mick O'Keefe? How did he get involved? Oh
1: God, Mick! Mick's involved in everything. You just, yeah, just say you're making a movie, and he'll find his way in. Um, Mick was me and him. We worked together probably since 2013, and. I knew he, he lived about an hour away at the time. And I knew if I was going to have him in the film, it would probably be just a two, two night thing to rely on him for just so I wouldn't take up too much of his schedule. Cause it, this was a, a film that we all did were like, for, like not getting money kind of thing. Everyone was just volunteer just to finish the project and just use it for the portfolio. Um, so I, I decided, I told him Mick, how would you like to be a vampire? And then he's like, could I be a homeless vampire? And I'm like, okay. And he came to the side, he put the makeup on, and he just starts pacing around the corner outside. And that's his uh, his, his first shot was when they run up to him when he's at the car. And I told him, how we're going to do the scene is, think of it like Crocodile Hunter. And I told him, and you're the crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, good. And yeah, he, he did that all in one take. And I yeah. Like I said, it, all the actors started singing to him and just, it was, it was such a strange shot we did, but I thought it just fed that moment so good for like an iconic mix scene. Yeah. Cause I know, yeah, he did well the wisp right now. He's in Alaska. Um, he told, he messaged me before he went off the grid uh, for work that uh, okay. he, like, he could have been well, a part I'm of the viewing. And,
0: okay. It's for work. Interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to be a part of the viewing and Q and A, but he just couldn't get proper connection kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a blast. And then uh, he came back for pickups, and that's when we shot him and Paul together. And they just, like I said, they just made their moment kind of thing. That whole exchange between him and Paul and the, him deflecting the bullets, that was just all came up with that night. We just like, okay, we have five minutes in the movie. we got to film. It's got to be like a fight scene. And then Mick's like, I could deflect it like it's a lightsaber. I'm like, no, Mick, it's a knife, but you could try to deflect it. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, so yeah, it was fun. I know he was when he was coming from Rochester that night. He actually got a flat tire on the way, and he messaged me. I'm like, if if you got to go home, it's okay. Like, Paul's only ten minutes from me. I could just tell him to turn around. And he's like, no, no, no we're gonna finish the movie tonight. I was like, okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> I like Mick. We but, uh, yeah. uh, Jason and I hung out with him. Uh, Jason met new mm-hmm. reviews for the show when uh, we were in Buffalo that year. We were there a couple of years, but he was there the one year we were at.
1: Oh, yeah. It was fun. I, I remember that because I was in The the Wisp as well yeah. that um, Jonathan, yeah, I got a cool scene with him. And I think that was my only scene in the whole movie that uh, yeah, that was a, that was filmed on a super cold windy night. And like, I think it was like January in the city of Buffalo. We're just standing like right in a wind tunnel and just feeding the lines with Jonathan and Mick's just standing there all bundled up and everything. I'm just in this really thin like checkered jacket and it was just terrible <laughs> but it makes one of those people he goes out of his way to help others and i, I really appreciate that and no matter what if if he ever wants to rub on a production i'm doing this yeah. we'll find room for him
0: <laughs> um another thing from the chat was uh i don't know if it was you or johnny said this car was a was a death trap i don't know uh, yes what, what's the story there
1: so um Mary Scarpello, one of our producers, and she played the witch. Uh, she drives every single year in the Buffalo Fair demolition derby, so that was her derby car, and we had to fire it up for the shot. And this car wouldn't turn over, kind of thing. And when um when we got there for filming, it was basically it's on a ton of lot in South Buffalo that's right next to train tracks and everything, the most sketchiest place you can imagine. But we're like, okay, for this movie, it's perfect kind of thing so we get there and i guess getting the car ready for the derby they just smashed out all the like the back and side windows so as soon as we pull up we're just moving a whole bunch of glass just out of the seats And I'm like johnny we only need the front seat cleaned like we're not going to mess around in the back mm-hmm. but yeah that car was crazy i i know yeah mary's been playing in the derby i think for like 15 years now so she's tough but yeah that that it was one of those things that, as soon as like we had Ashley jumping up and down in the car, I'm like it's the car's gonna get wrecked, no matter what, like what we're doing is fine <laughs> i had I had their assurance that it would be okay,
0: yeah, I forgot to mention when I mentioned Mick, I also like the bloodshot cam where it's kind of looking through through his eyes, yeah it's not' yeah. like the uh, little bloodshots on on the sides.
1: Yeah, I realized when, when I did the sound effects, I put in heartbeating and then it just doesn't play through on their kind of thing. It was meant to, like, he hears multiple heartbeats and the pulses, but it just never comes out for some reason. That's one of the things I noticed that, yeah, playing it through, I'm like, crap, there's an audio flare. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, it works. I like it. Uh, Thank you. Where'd the, uh, the hands come from, the, the monster hands?
1: Uh, those... I can't honestly remember it. I know I bought them online. They're like, it was, um, extreme monster, werewolf effects thing. And I got, that's where I got the headpiece too. And I saw it in the catalog. It was, I think $300 at the time for just a headpiece. And I messaged the company saying like, Hey, if, if I can have your permissions, I would love to use this in a film. And they gave me the, okay. And then they sent the gloves with it too. I was like, great kind of thing. So, so yeah, we use those. Um, I think it was Dags on studios. That did them, but yeah, there was probably I think eight or nine of us ended up wearing the gloves for shots. My only cameo in the entire film was when the book's laying on the ground, and the hand comes over, grabs it, and takes it. That was all me. That's yeah. <laughs> The prime of my acting, but the yeah, there's yeah, thank you. Yeah, they um, there's other like other PAs were using, it, other main actors were using the gloves. Everybody got to stick their hands in there, but.
0: I think you it, said was, in the it shot, was that was your favorite shot in the movie with the with the werewolf lifting the car. Yeah, that was
1: um, Preston who was sitting in the driver's seat. Um, Caitlin was sitting in the back trying to get out of the car, and we just acted like there was child locks on in the car. Yeah. And uh, it was Preston's only night on set. And I'm like, hey, like I I gotta focus on the camera. Would you mind just putting on the gloves and doing a creepy rice shot? And we did three shots of it, and he got it on the first take. And I'm like, okay, so we're gonna. Definitely keep that. And that was like our big teaser kind of thing for the film. But this was like a film we wanted to do promoting on, but I just didn't know anything about crowdfunding at the time. So this was all self-produced.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, yeah, as I got into Little Green People and working with Kristen Skeet, I learned more about how to raise funds for productions and watching Greg raise all his for Guns of Eden and a whole bunch of other
0: stuff. How, oh, what's that experience been like? uh you doing the crowdfunding? It's been hell. <laughs> I, I learned from from filmmakers about doing the crowd. it's It's a necessity at times, but it's still a lot of people say it's not. yeah.
1: Experience. so when um when we started doing the crowdfunding for little green people, it's we kind of had a goal like, okay, like I know how much I'm gonna spend out of my pocket, and then just just to see if we can match that kind of thing with crowdfunding. But no matter what, we would ensure the project would be done. Kind of think it's more of just how much help we can get along the way. And shortly after, I think coming out with the crown funny page, um, the coronavirus thing hit, and we're like, shit! Like, well, our production is entirely delayed now. And yeah, just seeing how much that affected, it, and it, it was a terrible thing. Like outside of film, just how many like lives this thing ruined, but. Yeah, it was. I learned a lot, especially with Greg, about sharing and reaching out to the right people and just trying to build an audience based on interest, kind of thing. But, like I said, is is when you're in the Buffalo Film Network, everybody's supportive, mm-hmm. kind of thing, sharing and helping each other out. But it's been quite fun. It's that, yeah, my dog's all worked up. Sorry. <laughs>
0: uh, so, um, you know, last year, obviously with COVID, like you mentioned. So, how far along is uh, Little Green People?
1: We have one pickup day left. So, what we did, we kept an eye on our county rules and obviously this, the rules in New York State. We kept ninety percent of the production of filming under ten people at a time, kind of thing. That we would we'd film for one day, and that was kind of like six or seven hours. wrapped wrap the day up, wait two to three weeks, and then continue the next day, which sucks because originally the schedule was like, okay, we're going to have this film done in a month, Three filming three days out of each week. It would have been done, but it's like we've been separating and only been able to do two shoots every month. But everyone's been super calm about it and relaxed, and everyone understands the, the situation. Everyone's been wearing masks, getting their temperature checks, getting the tests done. But now that the state's finally... Reopening, Hopefully everyone could resume filming as filming once was just a little bit more pressure on hand, but yeah, our most recent day, I think we had like 15 extras and it was just the most uncomfortable thing, even though we knew like the situation, everyone was clean and good to go, just returning to that film world kind of thing, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's, it's been quite intense
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yep. but everyone was on pressure everybody knew like we can't eat sitting next to each other everyone if you're not in front of the camera you have to have your mask up no matter what things like that
0: now was a uh, little green people that's going to be a series um originally it was going to
1: be a series and then uh Kristen and i uh she's yeah, the other co-writer and creator. We went through it and she's like, you know, we could just make it a movie like, as a feature. And she did a big revision. Uh, I think we cut like 15 scenes, but those were like scenes that if you were to remove them, they wouldn't damage the story. They were just kind of filler moments, get it along. Uh, originally, we wrote like seven episodes and we cut one of them out in the middle, <laughs> which was going to be a side story for uh, Paul McGinnis. And he was super excited for it. And I, I was the one that broke his heart on that. No, 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 but uh yeah we um we really gave it our all on this one and i'm super excited for everybody to see it of just I, every time i do a film i like to think i level up a little bit more and i'm really excited for people to see where monster movie is and where little green green people is going to be
0: oh um, i know it's uh kind of early yet but what are your plans to do with little green people
1: we're gonna i know me and Kristen have to look around for distributors definitely um, if we can get it at Buffalo Dreams, we're gonna try to hit that deadline for this year. But if not, I know we'll still do a big public premiere and just slowly working from there and playing the festival game. So but I know she has a lot of connections based off of her short film that I worked on with her called Murder Creek. That that one seems to be quite the hit that uh Quiet Place Two shot at like six locations that we used after us, kind of thing. So that was fun to see in theaters. <laughs>
0: That's cool. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, it was uh, awesome.
0: Is that available? Her short,
1: Murder Creek. Yeah, it's uh, she made it public on Vimeo. I guess, um, Akron Chamber of Commerce. Uh, they secured, like, they kind of did like a private event with Dipson, Theaters and Regal, of uh, they were going to show. This was last year when Quiet Place Two was originally coming out. They're going to do a couple screenings of Murder Creek in front of Quiet Place Two. And because COVID hit, obviously Quiet Place Two got pushed back, yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, the Showtime started. I, I went to it, the
0: theater. That was the first Quiet Place Two was the first movie I went to see uh, in the theater after the pandemic.
1: Same with us. It was fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really.
1: Knew. And um, yeah. So it was fun to see, like, going to the theaters and seeing Murder Creek in front of Quiet Place Two, just because it was a, a, it was basically a public event for all like the townspeople, and it's a super supportive community that they have out there.
0: Very cool. I'm oh,
1: check uh, that out. oh yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll make sure I send a link to you.
0: <laughs> and uh, for people, but who, that's. you I just say for people who watching the Q and A and didn't, you know, if they're watching this, you know, later because the, the QA Q and A will stay up there. How can they uh, see uh, not another monster movie?
1: I do have it online on YouTube as well. Um, if you want to keep it up on online, that's up to you too. I don't mind.
0: Okay.
1: But yeah, I, I, I do have that cut that we've seen. Available on my page in September. We're coming out with the DVD with the bonus features. It's about probably six minutes longer than the actual film that we just watched just for, it's like a extra director's cut, if that makes sense. They tried to patch it up as best as I could, (laughs) but there's, like I said, there's a wicked blooper reel for it that everyone just lost their shit so many times. A lot of it was Paul's fault. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There's a, there's a moment. When they're in the basement, and Mark asks Paul, he's like, "Oh, how much nose can you make?" And I pan over, and Paul says, "So much." And Mark goes and says, N- "Like not sexually." And I come back to Paul, and he's like, "Not as much." The the entire cast was like biting their lips, laughing. They they broke character like six times. We shot them like eight times to get that that one take. And then that was the only mess up in the film that brad did not have his character glasses on and we didn't realize it until six months after we shot it (laughs) for continuity so we always yeah we have a checklist of who's wearing what on what days and things like that but yeah it's that's the whole thing that it was going to be at buffalo dreams and i just missed that one minute deadline just because of computer issues Uh and yeah, but I ended up making the best experience out of it and spending time with everybody. And I'll tell you sitting next to, or I was actually behind uh, Granger Hines. That was one of the coolest things of watching the interview sitting behind them and stuff. Yeah. Cause that,
0: that was, was so cool. that was movie of, uh, of that year at, at the festival. Uh, it was fantastic. Festival. Yeah.
1: Yep. And then I, um I still talked to a handful of the directors like Christophe who's out in France and a couple of the other guys. It's, it's quite a blast but yeah anybody looking to come to Buffalo definitely come during Buffalo Dreams it's a lot of film connections to be made especially with our friends of Canada when they travel down and so on it's it's basically a huge network
0: kind of thing <laughs> yeah that's what i always tell people um about the festivals i think they're important you know you can go there and just have mm-hmm. fun but um and you still have fun talking to everybody not like it's you know you're just networking to try to get connections but it's just uh, organically, I think. Uh, you know, you're having fun. Yep. There, you're talking to everybody. And if people like you, you know, they want to uh, include you in other things. That's mm-hmm. how I got Definitely. involved that's There's some stuff that's coming out. That's uh, that's
1: how me and Sabrina got involved working together. Was she was at Buffalo Dreams, and she knew I was a camera operator. And uh, Sabrina teaches, or she, she did at the time teach, like, film night classes at a school. That's how we got the school building was because of her. And she's like, Oh yeah, this place also has an elevator. So it was that day. I'm like, we're going to use the damn elevator in the movie kind of thing. But I helped her with teaching about cameras and everything like that to her class. And in exchange, I got a, to use location, which really helped. And then I learned that she did composing. So she actually wrote the score that you guys will hear for little green people when it comes out.
0: Oh, that's very cool.
1: Oh yeah. And cool. then uh, we have a, uh, makeup guy Josh eboch in Texas he uh, he mailed us a full- body alien that we used for the antagonist and that yeah we he basically he made it all out of like plaster latex and clay and he sent it probably February of last year so right before the virus hit and I'm like okay I have to protect this thing at all costs for 10 months <laughs> kind of thing and it the latex and stuff just started slowly peeling away because back when he sent it, it was like, okay, this thing's going to be used in a month and then it's going to be done. But it wore down. I think the character is definitely finished and wrapped, but all we have left is just the head because the head snapped off <laughs> after just so much weight and everything.
0: Well, I'm really looking forward to this because I like, uh, I like, you know, f- fun effects and this sounds like something I'm going to enjoy.
1: Oh yeah. There's a, uh, there's aliens that transform into humans and animals and things like that and giant space rays and invasions and robots and <laughs> but it was it was the coolest thing and I will hold it to the day that I die that I am the first one to film inside Lasertron for a feature film in the area. So I am quite proud that we got that location. I have no clue how Kristen convinced them, but I will I'll be proud of that and I cannot wait to show everybody how we how easy it was to make it look like a spaceship kind of thing for the finale of the project.
0: Very cool. I'm looking. Uh, Thank yeah, you. I'm very much looking for, how would people uh, follow that online if they want to see, you know, you know, if it ends up at festivals or, you know, yeah. it's out?
1: the, uh, the Facebook page is, it's still listed as little green people, 2020. For some reason it will not let me change it to 2021 <laughs> for the name. Um, it's easy, I I tag Paul McGinnis in nearly everything that posts because it's um, Sarah Jean, um, she played the female vampire in Not Another Monster Movie. Her and Paul McGinnis lead the film for Little Green People that I saw how they acted together in a couple productions and I'm like, you know what, I really want to build a story in the 1980s of a female cop that just hates her job, the detective hates her, but her and her partner are trying to work together to solve the case kind of thing. But you'll see us you'll see the Roswell crash. That was a really fun thing to shoot. <laughs> and like I said the, the acting in comedy in little green people is 10 times higher than it is in monster movie. So it, it was just a taste of what's to come.
0: <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Well, I Thank am you. honestly looking forward to it. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Uh, would you ever do a sequel to uh to uh not another monster movie?
1: Um, I would say not another monster movie and little green people, the endings connect.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting.
1: So there is an ultimate plan for a trilogy kind of thing. So that we, after like, cause we're just basically wrapped with little green people. We're just kind of looking at, okay, what's ahead. And we confirmed for the cast members that have been in what would be all three looking to come back because uh, little green people takes place in the 1980s and then monster will be, I would say mid, mid to late, like 2010s or 2015s and then everything will come together for a final
0: conclusion. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Thank you. All this. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Uh, when I go oh, yeah. back to Buffalo.
1: We'll be getting Buffalo wild wings from or ducks or anything with the Buffalo chicken.
0: yeah yeah. i usually get duffs because i can get buffalo wild wings so i get duffs because i normally can't get that we'll definitely get duffs
1: (laughs) and then i want to give a shout out to that uh unfortunately last year we lost michael O'Keefe, that Mm. he was gonna play a pivotal role not only monster movie but little green people and um after he passed uh john renna took up the role that michael was going to fill and it was it sucked because um a week before Michael passed, he finished the script for a little green people. And he just, he told me how excited he was to really live this character, especially because Paul's a really good friend of his. And I could see what it meant to him. And then unfortunately yeah, he had complications with surgery that he unfortunately passed away, but uh, his good friend, John Renna stepped in and filled his shoes and he actually portrays the character of the police captain in Michael O'Hare's voice. So I'm excited uh, to see everyone kind of see the nod that John gave to his friend kind of thing. But it's it felt like Michael was on set all the time, especially when mishaps would happen. Either the camera battery would die 10 times earlier or the light would basically cut out entirely or the camera wouldn't recognize the SD card. So I would like to say that was Michael all along messing with the camera. (laughs) Just like he used to.
0: Yeah. Um Everyone speaks highly of him, Um. you know, uh, when Greg on the show and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every, everyone from the area always speaks uh, highly of him. So, you know, it was a big loss, especially to the to the Buffalo uh, community.
1: And uh, we're working on a documentary based off right. of Michael's life and career that uh, Debbie Roshan helped out with and paul and john and i'm working with greg to get his interview done but we're hoping to have it ready for buffalo dreams as well kind of as a it's more of a nod and just remembrance because when he passed nobody could come together and i just had this idea to make a documentary for him and i got a hold of all the local directors and they all gave me permissions to use footage of him throughout a documentary kind of thing which is really helpful but i'm hoping to bring that to light right after we finish little green people so that'll take care of both things at once that are, we would like to dedicate to Michael O'Hare kind of thing.
0: Yeah. That's very nice of you. And I'm looking forward to Thank you. Well.
1: Thank you. So far the interviews are going really fun. They, they had a lot of fun stories about him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. It'll be, a, you know, like I say, a celebration of him and people can look back mm-hmm. on me at his career. And maybe some people who didn't know him will, will watch a documentary and, uh, you know, and appreciate, you know, all he did. Definitely. Well, this has been really uh, fun to talk with you and watch a movie with everybody.
1: Awesome! I'm extremely grateful for the experience. I loved reliving not another monster movie and yeah. remembering all the mishaps that happened on set. That turned out to be the best footage I've ever had.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very good.
1: But I'll um, I'll send a link for the blooper reel so everyone could laugh and enjoy it a little bit more. But I've, I'm thankful so much for this. And I cannot wait to be back in Buffalo Dreams again. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I'll talk to you again when a uh, little green yeah. is coming out.
1: Good, I'll I'll keep sending you footage. <laughs> All right. Very good. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, bud. Yep. Sure. From Bye. ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound and horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Ripley, we should
0: have listened, sitting here on a lie, by Whale and Yutani, now we're gonna die. The tomb of Nick Cage. They come at night, mostly. They come at night, mostly. Night.
1: Find out on Facebook,
0: Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Okay.